Welcome to Forward Progress, powered by Betfred Sportsbook here on the Hammer Betting Network. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and now licensed sportsbook in Nevada as well, be sure to check out Betfred Sportsbook. I often preach the value of line shopping. I think that's extremely important. Betfred is a sportsbook where you're often going to find the best number in market. Make sure that it is part of your sportsbook portfolio. Welcome back in here to Forward Progress. As usual, if you're watching on YouTube, I do see your comments in real time. Please join the conversation. I'll get to as many comments as I can today, and I'll even bounce some of those off of our guests who will be joining me here very shortly. If you're watching on Twitter, thank you very much for the support. I cannot see your comments in real time. Jump over to the Forward Progress channel on YouTube if you want to get in on the conversation, ask any questions, participate in the discussion as the show goes on today. Today's show, Championship Sunday, mainly props. We'll also talk about the games as well. Uh, for those of you who missed the Wednesday episode uh, with Joe Osborne and Suma and Eric Eager, be sure to check that out. We covered the entire game breakdowns in those. Uh, but Eagles Niners, Chiefs Bengals, lots of talking points that we're going to go over. I'll be joined by pro sports better Hitman here very shortly. NFL writer for The Athletic and part of the Mayo Media Network, John Legaza. For those of you who watched the Pizza Buffet here on Forward Progress last week, John Legaza joined me, did a great job of breaking, out the, breaking down the four games last weekend. And then finally, hopefully, we will close out the show today with uh, a man of the people, at least he claims to be a man of the people. He hides behind an alias that he stole from Rounders. But Joseph Joey Kanish will join me towards the end of the show. I'm going to bring in Hitman here in one second. If you do find value in the show today, please hit that subscribe button on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. If you want to turn off notifications, you can, but every subscription helps for us in growing and monetizing this channel. At the very least, hit the thumbs up button if you do enjoy the content. Let's get right into it. Tons to go over. Hitman joins me here on Forward Progress. Hitman, what's going on? How you, how you doing? Nice to be on again. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, it's dealing with the winter. You know how it is, man. Like these winter storms. Uh, you're you're on the eastern, uh, the east coast of the U.S. Uh, southern Canada disaster as well. It's pretty. We pretty cold. we haven't had snow all season, so that's been good. The weather has been pretty good, like as far as temperatures going. Get get been getting some golf in during this winter. And then as soon as football ends, I go to Vegas for a week and get a nice nice little vacation. And then I got a, um, gonna be in Florida a few weeks later. So, got a lot of warm weather on the horizon. Hopefully. So these these this vacation post Super Bowl to Vegas, what does that look like? Is that an, like are you not betting during that time or is? No, I'm I'm always betting, <laughs> but you know there there's times that you could bet on your phone obviously, and you're getting less done when you're on your phone. You got to log in to accounts by accounts, whereas like on your computer browser, it's just a lot more convenient. You can get more work done, but I'm still, I'm always betting, but it's just a matter of not grinding seven, eight, nine hours in front of the computer. Whereas you're kind of just, it's kind of like for a normal job, it's like you're on call, you know, yeah. instead of just working nonstop. So Looking forward to it. Been a long uh, six months. Yep. I mean, uh, I would be right there with you. 
I mean, Vegas sounds not too bad post Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I was thinking about right, going come to out, South. come out. Yeah. You know, I'll get you in the Las Vegas Country Club. My my one of my best friends is a member there. We'll get you out. We'll get some good golf in. We'll eat at some good restaurants. Come on, man. You gotta you gotta enjoy right. life after the season. I know you've been grinding for six months. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk off air <laughs> afterwards. But it's it's sounding more and more appealing. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna head down to Aruba or something like that. Just like all-inclusive relax i need i need the break man this football season uh i love it i live for it people don't think i'm complaining about it i like i wouldn't trade football season for anything really but you get towards you know the last couple of weeks of the season and you're like fuck i put in a lot of work over the course of bahamar in the bahamas best best retreat to, to get away for a little while that is a that is a beauty spot uh for sure um all right hit man i want to get into the games with you this weekend um, the big one, or listen, both games are, are massively, like, obviously, winners going to the Super Bowl. Don't want to diminish the quality of one over the other. But we've seen a lot of interesting line movement from the Chiefs-Bengals game over the course of the week. With where we opened, all the immediate money on the Bengals, the money coming back in on the Chiefs as Patrick Mahomes uh, first took the press conference without a walking boot and then practiced for two days in a row. Uh, even did a spin, or a spin like a backward spin in practice yesterday, which a lot of people were pointing to. Curious if you ended up playing anything in Kansas City and Cincinnati here, uh, or if you would advise still playing the game right now. Basically, the market's kind of moved out to minus one and a half, Kansas City, total at 48 at our show sponsor, Bet Fred, as well. Uh, just handicap of the game, uh, anything that you might like from the side in total here. You, you know how it is, Rob, as a, as a pro better. A lot of times, like, you're very numb to results. Like, there's not many games that you could have, like, enough on that really, like, will get you into the game, maybe get you a little nervous while the game's going on, you're watching it. But uh, this Chiefs game is going to be one of them for me, where I'm going to be really in tune to what's going on. And I have a lot of exposure on a lot of correlated markets in this one. Um, I bet the over, 47 pretty big in this game um i bet the chiefs on the, the the spread when they were very small dogs i bet some teasers involving the chiefs uh getting in the seven and a half from san fran and i am on patrick mahomes overs across the board i played mahomes over one and a half pass touchdowns in the minus 155 ish range the over pass yards i was playing early the over completions i was playing early um it, for me, it's pretty much a handicap that from what I'm hearing and what I believe, I think Mahomes is a lot closer to 100% than the initial market believed. Because, Rob, you probably agree. What do you think if Mahomes was 100%, this spread would have been? I, I'd say three and a half to four, it probably yeah. would have closed. So, like, we, we have a very recent example of these teams playing at the beginning of December and the Chiefs closed minus two and a half at the Bengals in that game on the road. So it's definitely on the other side of three. I think probably minus KC minus four at home is what I would make the number. Yeah, so we, we have that. And then, you know, when it was plus two and a half, which is the, the, the floor of what it got to, it was like, are, are you basically saying Chad Henney's playing this game? Like you're saying that the line has just moved so drastically that Mahomes really has to be ineffective for that to make any sense. And from what I believe, I believe that Mahomes is obviously not going to be 100%. He's going to be limited mobility-wise. 
but he's going to be closer to healthy, I think, than, than the market, even now, I think, is still indicating. So even at current market, I think that a lot of the Mahomes props still have some value. You're seeing his pass yards is as low as 282 and a half at some places. And last week it was 310 and a half. Two weeks ago, when they played the Raiders in that um, in the, the last game of the season, it closed 325 and a half some spots. Mm-hmm. So you're really still getting a discount on Mahomes. I think you're going to get less rush attempts from him, which maybe that correlates to one or two more pass attempts that would have otherwise have been rush attempts for a guy that does look to run in high leverage spots. You're probably not going to see that as much. So as I said, I think there's a downgrade to be made with Kansas City. I think there's a downgrade to be made with Patrick Mahomes. But I think that the downgrade being made is too much, even at this point as we talk on Friday. And I wouldn't be surprised if the the Chiefs line closes minus two and a half, personally. So I think even at minus one uh, on this game that I still think that Kansas City is the side that I would play. Fair enough. Um, Just curious, in terms of the Mahomes overs, if you had to give one look, like whether that's completions, passing attempts, yardage, uh, touchdown passes. What was if you had to just pick one of the bunch? What would you say you're the most confident in of those all, all those Mahomes overs? The one that was my favorite was the 24 and a half completions in comparison to the yards in the high 270s range. And the reason that I went towards completions more as my favorite is because the um, because Mahomes, you could theoretically see a situation where he's throwing more screens throwing more short passes. So I thought that it correlated, the injury correlated a little bit more towards the yard, towards the completions. But I mean, I'm looking at the odd screen you're showing right now, 24 and a half minus 135 pass yards, 281 and a half, 120, just because of the vague, I would say that I would like the pass yards more because it still is a situation that I prefer to lay less vague mm-hmm. on Mahomes in this spot because you know there is a chance of a re-aggravation or something you you would prefer you would even prefer sometimes some alternate numbers where you're getting plus money payouts more just because of the variance in his props so i would say my favorite looking at the odds right now it would be mahomes 281 and a half the over so that number at bet fred is one of the best in market right now uh most of the most of the passing yardage numbers have been adjusted up to 286 and a half 288 and a half um so that, that is a pretty solid look, I would say, relative to the rest of the market. Um, just yep. curious, want to get into your, like, your mindset, your headspace when you're watching this game. So you're watching Chiefs-Bengals. You obviously invested in the Chiefs. You're invested in the over. You're invested in Patrick Mahomes' overs. I'm sure you're going to be very interested in his first couple dropbacks, whether that's even to handing the ball off or, um, or passing the ball. I, I hope this isn't the scenario for you, but let's say he looks hobbled. He looks like he's struggling to hand the ball off or throw the ball. What do you do in the live market at that point? Are you trying to sell your positions as early as possible? Do you stick with your pregame read? I, I just, I'm just curious because I think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat as you, that they tried to, to beat this number, and now they got good numbers, but we still don't know what Mahomes is going to be. So what do you do in the live market if you're watching this game early? Probably one of my biggest weaknesses, and all pros have weaknesses to their game, and it's important to acknowledge some of them. And one of my biggest weaknesses personally is a lot of times in live markets, I am stubborn 
where I don't want to jump off what my pre-flop opinion was, especially if it's a pick that I'm giving out to everybody and everything. I, I hate to then buy back on that position. Like sometimes where you could be buy back enough where you're rooting now for like the other side, like you could buy back enough theoretically where you're like, all right, I, I, I'm rooting for the Bengals now. So it, it's something that I've been stubborn with in the past, but this is the ultimate game that you cannot be stubborn with your pre-flop opinions. This game is a game that you're going to learn more about Patrick Mahomes in the first 10 minutes than probably any type of information could tell you. So I think if there's ever a game that you, that's a better needs to watch the first two, three drives, and then maybe they try to formulate their opinion because a lot of times the in-play markets aren't going to adjust to, oh, Patrick Mahomes looks a little bit hobbled. You Usually they'll adjust to like, oh, Mahomes has gone to the injury tent or something. But just him not looking 100%, a lot of times they don't adjust to that stuff, or at least they don't properly adjust. So I think that this is a great game for, for people to, to get involved with live and to try to formulate an opinion pretty quick and take advantage of that one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, that's personally the way that I'm playing this. Um, I, I, I don't want to guess. I think there's a lot of uncertainty here. But, um, yeah, it's it, it, I, I think this is a great live, like a live better's dream, essentially, where you could potentially have something completely different um, from what we had pre-flop in this game, as you mentioned. All right, San Fran and Philadelphia. Uh, the market's kind of held still on this game for the majority of the week. We're starting to get some books moving closer and closer to three. Uh, but we do have like juice two and a halfs across the board. Um, just curious on the main market handicap, and then we'll get into props. Anything on the main market here that you think is worthwhile, or is this just a game that you think is too difficult? Yeah, I don't got much. I mean, I played San Francisco in the teaser. That was more of a, I like the Kansas City side, and just it's a great way you're pairing them with an advantage teaser. So I, I like, I didn't, was not opposed to pairing San Fran and that type of, in a teaser like that. If you like the Bengals, you could always, I think the line maybe closes two and a half. You could always, you could always tease San Fran with Cincinnati if that's the way you want to go. At, and I would do it closer to post because I think that the market does continue to move a little bit towards the Chiefs. But that's a way that you could approach this game if you're looking at the Cincinnati side, teasing with San Fran. But uh, I'll say if it gets to three, then strong lean towards San Francisco. I already played – uh, a position on San Francisco plus three and a half um, at a, like a very, very, very early number. It wasn't really available to many people. And I do have some futures on San Francisco, NFC, Super Bowl. I have no futures on Philly. And it, it's one of those, if I had an opinion where I liked Philly, I would play back on some San Francisco futures. But I'm kind of neutral on the game. So it's not big enough futures that I'm just going to go out of my way to, to hedge off of. So I'd probably just hold on to some of my San Francisco futures and just watch the game. Not really the strongest opinion at two and a half. If you're getting three plus, minus plus 120, three minus 120 on San Fran, that's definitely the direction I lean towards, though. For sure. Um, I just want to let people know here that in terms of the uh, why people should listen, like, obviously, I have Hitman on here. Hitman's a friend of mine. He's a, he, he makes a living betting, but gives out the Mahomes overs 
and pretty much all the 281 and a half, 282 and a half get bet up while that happens. So there's definitely valuable information happening here in real time. And Seth does want to remind you, Hitman, that you got the three and a half on the live stream um, offshore. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was the first number that came out and you're like no 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 this is not right and it and absolutely was not the right number so good reminder from people there uh in terms of props for this game people pay attention uh you may not have the you know you may have a few minutes to be able to get down here but anything that stands out to you 49ers eagles from a props perspective uh any player you're targeting whatever it is in the game uh let the people know what they what you bet and what you think is still worth value so I would not bet this now. I would wait on this, but just keep an open eye um, for the 49ers injury report later in this game. Christian McCaffrey, there was a sharp group that gave out his under, I think, believe they got 60 and a half. It was as high as 62 and a half at some points during this week on rush yards. And the attempts was also 14 and a half at some points. That, that got bet down. Um, at 57 and a half, which is current market, and I believe some spots at 13 and a half carries. It's a play that I'm looking towards. Maybe I do add more to my portfolio on that, but I want to see the injury report on what's up with Elijah Mitchell because obviously there's a big handicap right now for McCaffrey with his calf injury. And it was pretty alarming to me that he didn't get a lot of those carries at the end of that Dallas game when it was still a one score game. And he was only playing a lot of true pass passing downs. So I am in on the McCaffrey unders where I'm looking towards those. But Elijah Mitchell hasn't practiced the last two days either. And if Elijah Mitchell gets can – you, Can you still see me, Rob? Yep. Yes, I got you that's back. The, that's the, that's going to be a situation where – McCaffrey's numbers are going to skyrocket if anything happens with Elijah Mitchell. So nothing that I would officially bet right now, but I think that it's just a situation for people to monitor. And I do like some McCaffrey unders, but I really want to be comfortable that Mitchell is good to go in this game. Fair enough. That makes total sense. There's no sense in rushing to bet McCaffrey unders and then Mitchell getting ruled out and all those numbers are just going to be much higher than that anyway. So um, yeah, I think that's a good game plan for it. I'm very interested in how the the backfield is going to play out for the 49ers as well. Like they've seldom used Debo Samuel in the backfield, but it feels like, and, and there's not a lot of books that are posting Debo over rushing attempts or rushing yardage numbers right now, but it does feel like a game where they might start to put him in the backfield again with both running backs kind of dealing with something right now. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not, because uh, it kind of really hasn't been their MO yeah. down the stretch, but... You, you know what, Rob? I a thousand percent agree with you. I think it's a great thought on your end, but there's just one issue is that in the wild card game, we were betting Debo over 13 and a half rush yards. Right. Last week, we we're betting Debo over 14 and a half, 15 and a half rush yards. Now we're at the point where we're, we have to bet 20 and a half, 20 and a half. on Debo. And for a guy that, yes, he averages like six yards per carry throughout his career, but it's getting a little bit more. I just think that's out of range at that point. And the books did a good job. It wasn't bet up to that number. From what I, from what I got to see, it was more of an opener. It was around 19 and a half, 20 and a half. So sometimes you just got to give the books credit and say, good job. And 
In the case of Debo Samuel rushing, if it was five yards lower, I'd be all over it, but I'm probably not going to be on it at the current market. Fair enough. So we'll stick with the Christian McCaffrey look in this game. Obviously, people monitor uh, Elijah Mitchell on the injury report. Um, make sure that he's in if you do want to hit those Christian McCaffrey unders because if he's out, then we're going to see a, a pretty big adjustment in market. Uh, good luck with your bets, Hitman. Go Chiefs. Go over. I'm not invested in the game, so I'm just kind of on the sidelines waiting for that live bet to emerge one way or another. Uh, but, I mean, sounds like you're pretty invested, so hope, hope all goes well. Uh, you don't want to be living out of your car going forwards, right? Doing the streams out of the car is fine, but living out of the car is a different story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I know one of your guys that's going to be on in like an hour, Kanish. He probably has some some experiences he can tell me with that. So <laughs> if, if it ends up happening, I'll have to uh, go to him for some advice, some life advice at that point. Um, last question before you leave. I guess someone has uh, over 50 and a half. They're wondering about it, how you would play McCaffrey in terms of like middling. Um, maybe you can just speak to general advice on middling props because this one's a pretty large one in my opinion you have a winner on 51 to 57 decent probability of that happening curious what your thoughts are on middling props middling anything i say that the only time there's only two times you do it it's one where you have an uncomfortable amount uh regard and and to what your bankroll is that it's just and then number two is that both sides have value. In the case of if you have a 57 and a half and a 50 and a half, probably I would say that the, the true number, assuming now the Mitchell stuff could happen and that under 57 and a half is going to be a bad number. So that's the risk that you run with that. But I would say with a current thought process on that, the number should probably be somewhere in the middle. So I would think that that is a plus EV good middle. Perfect. You heard it from the Hitman. Hitman, uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Best of luck with all your bets, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Peace. That's the Hitman. Follow him on Twitter, at Hitman428. Uh, he brings a lot of quality stuff to the table every week. As you can tell, uh, talked about Mahomes' passing yardage uh, when I brought him on here. Within two minutes, the entire market steamed to the over on Mahomes' passing yardage. Um, so... Uh, obviously valuable bets that he's given out on the show uh, for those that that don't understand why uh, typically when the market moves like that uh, off of someone saying something publicly the market respects what that person has to say uh, from hitman we go to a guest that i had on in the pizza buffet last weekend was fantastic he's an nfl writer for the athletic he's part of the mayo media network john legeza a firecracker um for sure um, how are things going john Fire-breathing dragon, more like it. <laughs> Rob, I got to say, man, I, I felt such a connection to your audience after I got off. Man, it was a never-ending stream of – it was just great. It wasn't even just like compliments. It was like feedback and interaction and people kind of picking my brain and pulling threads. It was really cool. So, you know, thank you to everybody that was digging it. You know, let's uh, let's make some more beautiful music, as they say. I think the one – the one thing I'm, I'm really happy with about the community that we've built with the hammer is that there's a lot of positivity in the space, which is nice because I've done content before where there's a lot of negativity around things, people lose picks and so on and so forth. And you're never going to be able to avoid that in the space, but for all the viewership out there, I do appreciate that for the listenership who listens to this in podcast form after the fact, uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So to hear you say that, John, I yeah. think is just a testament to what we've been able to build here. Uh, at the Hammer Betting Network. But uh, you did a great job. And um, 
you're exposed to a different audience now that just gets to see you for who you are and, and you really break down the games well. So very happy to have you here. Uh, and I immediately want to start with Kansas City, Cincinnati, because we just had Hitman on. He talked about, um, you know, getting early numbers on Kansas City, the over in the game, Mahomes overs, because he thought that this whole injury situation was overblown. Now, I don't know if it's overblown or not, but there's definitely credence to that with the way that the market has moved back over the course of the week. And I know a lot of people just think that Mahomes is closer to 100% than he is to zero this week and have been targeting a lot of his overs. Uh, would you echo that sentiment in terms of Mahomes being a guy that, like we're seeing numbers that traditionally we don't see for Mahomes going into a playoff game? Yeah, I mean, and it's understandable because we saw him you know, struggle to hand the ball off. And we also know sometimes that's the best the injury is going to look, right? Once it kind of settles, then the inflammation sets in. I was down a Mahomes, you know, rabbit hole, and it turns out he trains on one leg and one foot and standing on one hand. He looked like the cat in the hat at one point kind of throwing <laughs> football. So I guess he's going to be fine, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking for, you know, positive steam for the Kansas City offense, right? On the year, number one in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, EPA per play, drive distance, drive success rate, pass yards per game, YPA, and passing touchdowns. Like, you know, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good collection right there. But we did see the weakness. And one of the things Cincinnati has shown us Rob this year is, and one of the reasons they're so hard to put your finger on what they've just done, right? A, a hockey thing for all the Canadians out there. You want to go to where the puck is going, right? Not where it's been. Cincinnati is is a-okay making these very kind of extreme pivots, whether it be on offense or defense, depending on what they're going up against, right? We saw them struggle on the O-line early in the year, shift to pure shotgun. We've seen them play the Chiefs and start to like drop eight. And that's not something that you see Often, they did it against Mahomes in Week 13. He really struggled. One of his worst games, 16-27, to 2-23 at 1-0, 99 passer rating, .24 EPA. Though, for a normal human, that'd be great. For Mahomes, it's not. And then, you know, we saw them a bit limited. And where I want to go with this is, it is really about the injury. And I think this is going to explain the number, is the rush rate drop after the injury, right? 35% rate before the injury, what we expect. That popped up to like 50% afterwards and again we just don't expect a balanced offense from the chiefs and they really haven't been that explosive on a per pass kind of basis it's just a volume thing with them so i do understand the pullback from the market but i also i think the greater than sign should be great players in great spots doing great things and us using again the largest sample also to that point getting behind these kansas city pass play is the Cincinnati run V has been phenomenal. And it's again, it's very funny how the public kind of sinks its teeth into a narrative. They weren't good to start the year. So that's it. We're going to kind of like, we have a death grip on that as a public. This is not the case. Check it out. Run D for Cincinnati since week nine, top 10 in defensive EPA per rush, 88 rush yards a game, sub four yards per carry, sub 1.6 yards before contact per rush, and only one 20 yard rush in that span. So they've kind of turned themselves into a pass funnel. I mean, don't invite the Chiefs to pass. They have no problem with it. So right. where I was looking at is the Mahomes completions. I'm over 25 and a half. That was at like standard juice. You probably could have gotten that a little bit lower early in the week. That's always going to be the lesson, people. You know, we can only do our best, you know, that we can do analyzing. But you really want to be early as far as props, right? If you're going to be over, 
you want to be early. If you're an under better, wait till the last minute because props only seem to move in one direction, Rob. I'm telling you, if we would actually check the math on that, it feels like 99% <laughs> of offensive props move up. Very few move down sans news. So the other place I'd be looking is maybe McKinnon, where I think we've seen the Chiefs struggle with that kind of stretch run. Maybe they'll just expand the run game uh, laterally through right. short passes. We've seen games where McKinnon pops off. I went to check that line, and this is funny. So here's another lesson. Again, me and Rob always simpatico with this stuff. Three and a half receptions for McKinnon was at minus 150. Uh, whatever. We could talk about Kelly's stuff and how we value on picks. I don't like to pay minus 150. I do think it's viable. Right. But the next level up, if you can shop around, and again, this is also very important for prop betting, shop around. My mama told me you better shop around, shop around. So <laughs> four receptions at minus 150. Rob, check it out. Five receptions at plus 150. Six receptions at plus 309. Seven receptions at plus 675 now. Well, I wouldn't go beyond maybe a nickel .05 units on that last one. I do think there's a lot of love to be had for that next level to five and six. So I'm going to be looking for over Mahomes completions and then five and six receptions from McKinnon, which again, we don't need any yards attached to it. I think the yardage prop probably in the low thirties and again, viable. We wanted it in the high twenties, something you and I spoke about last week. So I think there's love behind the chiefs offense, providing we're being, let's say a bit picky, right? We want to be stringent as we get closer to game time. For sure. Now I, I so I really like the McKinnon over receptions look. I don't like the receiving yards look. Right. So for me, the Bengals have done very well in pass defense against running backs this year. They're number two DVOA against opposing running backs. I still think that's something the Chiefs will try to target, especially when you have a quarterback with limited mobility. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. If he's in trouble on a drop back, where do you think he's looking right away? It's going to be the outlets to running backs. So I like the look in terms of receptions. Receiving yards, I'm a little bit less bullish on yeah. overall. But I, I do think that this is not – like a lot of things are baked into the price and baked into the Mahomes injury status this week. I'm not – again, you are paying big, significant big on the three and a half to go over. But it almost feels like this still should have been priced a little bit higher. Um, like honestly, I was surprised when you messaged me before the show, quick looks, three and a half. Um, I thought this would be a higher number just off the top of my head with the Mahomes injury situation. So – um, I, I agree with that look. I think that's a pretty solid one. Yeah, I'm all about the Chiefs' offense. Again, in this kind of construct with what we know about the Bengals' defense. You know, the, the other side is probably a bit more tricky, right? Bengals' offense, very good top three passing, bottom five rushing. This is year to date. However, Rob, again, we you and I, something we talk about is kind of trajectory, right? So although we want to be looking at macro pictures – we do also want to look for the evolution of macro trends, right? And listen, football is just a game of small samples. We're never going to have 600 plate appearances like we do in baseball. So sometimes a two-month sample with a large trajectory change is what we want. We saw that from Cincinnati. Two major revelations. Again, very bright QB, good coaching staff. They figured out how to pass against the two high safeties. They also have figured out how to run from the shotgun. Again, the answer to that problem with the offensive line that everyone – Right, is pretty much hip to. But we've seen those numbers really jump in the playoffs. Check it out. This is Bengals' shotgun run offense. Talk about, right, I'm splitting the splits here. But 4.7 yards per carry, sub two before contact, 
sub three yards after contact, 40% success rate this regular season. In the playoffs, all that popped up above five, above two, above three, respectively, 56% success rate. Because we're seeing, again, the creativity in the offense using Jamar Chase in motion with the shotgun. What are you going to ignore him because you think they might run with Joe Mixon? That's always going to be, right, the suboptimal kind of theory for the offense, the thing I mean that the defense allows, right, the Joe Mixon run, he's not going to get you 20, but he is going to get you four and a half, five every single time. And I think that's what the Bengals now have shown, that that's your other option is if you don't want to follow Chase across the line, you're going to have to deal with Mixon's five. And either way, that Bengal run game looking pretty good. Again, it's really a stylistic thing. It's like all of a sudden they are this like ground and pound a gap run thing. That's not what this is. It's just creativity, knowing that they have other pieces to spread the defense. And again, something you speak about all the time, Rob. Sports, they're about spacing, right? That's another hockey thing. Yep. Well, I mean, the 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 Bengals early in the year were running Joe Burrow under center a lot. It wasn't working, right? Mixon is going for one to two yards at a time. He was getting sacked a whole lot. And they just yep. figured out, let's put Burrow in the shotgun. Let's run out a shotgun. It's been much more effective since then. But on top of that, they've been able to get the ball out of ha Burrow's hands quickly. So, you know, look at what was effective for them last week against Buffalo. And it was just like death by a thousand cuts, right? It wasn't like all these downfield bombs and huge passing plays. It was, we're going to take our six, seven yards in the passing game. We're going to pick up our four or five yards on the ground. And obviously, occasionally more than that as well. But I think that's what has made the Bengals' offense effective in the, in the latter half of the year. Joe Burrow takes 2.4 seconds to throw the ball. It's the second fastest in the entire league. And he has receivers that can win on the outside. Then you add in the threat of a running game out of shotgun as well. It's very difficult to defend. So, yeah. I mean, I, I see some matchup advantages for the Bengals on the on the board, across the board. I just don't know how I want to attack it from a player props perspective. It's very – as far as the Bengals goes, it's it's very difficult. Now, if you want to assert Jamar Chase greater than sign everybody on earth, then that's fine. Like, I, I can get that because we've also seen, again, great players in great spots doing great things. Teams being very focused. They want to – you know, like if you're a pitcher, you want to go out throwing your best pitch. Right. So if you want to tell me they're going to attack Chase the way we've seen, I think that's okay. Those numbers are all juiced. But I would say the disclaimer for Bengals prop people, I split this every way you can. And when you see even target shares, even A dots, even – I mean the even distribution from Burrow, this is – I forget who was talking about this, but this is the shepherd and the sheep type of thing, right? You, we're not looking for the sheep in this situation. not saying anything bad. I just mean, you know, in a, in a physical – like a literal sense. We want the shepherd, right, because that's where the offense is going to go through Burrow, and we don't know exactly where else it's going to go because he's going to take what the defense gives him. And, again, the Chiefs play a lot of too high. So – that doesn't really – it just gives you the option of what they allow underneath. So it's almost going to be a function of how the Bengals call the play. What I mean is if you're going to run Chase very deep, he's not going to probably get a lot. If you see him run these kind of quick hooks that we saw against Baltimore, then he's going to get a very high you know, target share and maybe a lower A dot, lower yards than we expect. So it depends how you think they're going to play it. There's a case we made for the receptions. There's a, play, a case we made for the yards. Believe it or not, Rob, I don't think they both hit together, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does make sense. I would I would agree with that. I, for me, I, I've seen a lot of Tyler Boyd love this week, and I get yeah, it, it because because you know the, exactly what you just said, right? Like Burrow's kind of like an equal distributor. Boyd's numbers are really low. The yep. only issue I have with that is Boyd's going to play in the slot. You'll probably see a lot of Legarius Sneed in the slot, who's been a very good slot corner uh, cover corner this year. I kind of want whoever's going to be going up against Jalen Watson uh, when they when they go into those nickel packages. 
and that probably is a T Higgins thing, but I just don't love, like, I, I just don't see a, a valuable overbet on T Higgins where his, his total passing yards are right now. I I've just been struggling altogether with this game personally, John. And I mean, sometimes for there's not a bet to be made, but with the Mahomes uncertainty, not knowing how the Bengals are going to attack offensively. Um, this is just like, I I'm going to be, I'm going to live bet the shit out of this game to be right. completely honest with you. Like as soon as I see Mahomes take a couple of dropbacks and I have any general sense of what he looks like, there's going to be a bet to be made there. Um, and frankly, if the Bengals get up, if, if the, the Chiefs offense get up, off to a really good start here, we've shown, we've seen the Bengals every single time these teams play and not only against the Chiefs, but just in general, be able to really put on some second half adjustments and like limit the opposing offenses. So I think this is kind of a live betters dream game, but overall I've just, it's, you know, I've been struggling to, to find know, something. When I end up pulling clumps of hair out, to me, it usually is a, is an under. Because I'm so focused on, again, props, and a lot of times it's focused on the over, not just because it's sexy, right? That's what we're doing here. A lot of times that's the answer, and I think that's really what we might have seen. You know, that Kansas City defense, also, you know, they really not getting a lot of love. You know, top three in yards for play, yards for reception, uh, last eight in a regular season. So, again, you look at these kind of two-month, ten-week samples of teams that have really improved. The Chiefs have not been a doormat. And if the offense, which without Tariq Hill, is lacking that true explosiveness, right? They've still shown to be extremely efficient. I mean, they're like top. The Chiefs are just top three in everything. First downs per drive, drive six. It's just unbelievable what they've been able to do losing a piece like that. But the one thing they have not been able to replace, Rob, is the six-yard slant that goes 75 to the house. That That is not really in the Chiefs' arsenal anymore, right? You get a couple 40-yard air yard shots at MBS. But even with that, they really haven't been very successful. He's been more a function of trying to stretch defenses to have them work underneath where they're so efficient. So this really could just be – this to me, it feels like an under. I haven't mentioned it. I think Cincinnati wins in a close one. I think it's Cincinnati and the under. I actually don't think we see a lot of scoring tomorrow at, at all. Yeah, uh, I could totally see that. This is a good question here. Uh, if they don't need to spy Mahomes, would they spy running backs out of the backfield? I so I'll let you, I'll let you go to this, John, and then I'll I'll give my opinion on how I think the Bengals' defense is going to play this. I, I think you'd have to spy Mahomes even if he's on no legs. Like if he was if he was pulling around one of those things with the, with the wheels, like my dog used to have, that you'd need to spy him. So yeah, I don't think you could take your attention away from him again. Not that he it's not like he was really ever a threat to be running sixty yards at a clip. He just kind of would take first downs. We also don't know if he's not going to do that, right? You can't you can't pe- don't pencil him in for under. One half of a yard is what I'm saying, right? Let's let's just back it up. If the guy's running around getting in full practices, it's possible, again, that he doesn't run for 40. But it's possible that he runs for 12 in two six-yard shots, in which case the defense could be watching him anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not so sure that they're going to abandon a Patrick Mahomes-centric plan. Yeah, and for me, this is kind of why uh, I, I mentioned that I like McKinnon receptions over, but not the receiving yardage. I think there's going to be a lot of scenarios where Ken, where Cincinnati just drops into coverage in this game, and it's just like keep stuff in front of us, make mm-hmm. the tackle, make them work their way downfield, and especially um, in you know with the running backs, if if he's behind the line of scrimmage, scrimmage, they'll happily give him that reception, and then they will they'll you know, get in there for the tackle. I think occasionally they send some blitzes and some weird looks to make sure Mahomes is, you know, on his feet and so on and so forth. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm really interested in this. I think it's a fascinating game because it, if you're the Bengals, it's it's very difficult to prep for 
what's coming when you have no idea what's coming. Um, but I, I'm really, really interested in this one. I'm also interested in the other game, 49ers and the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Uh, 49ers, I, I mean, didn't play the greatest game last week, but still come out uh, ahead of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott, costly turnover in the red zone, really hurt them in that game. Uh, overall, Brock Purdy, the first time, you know, didn't look superb overall or, you know, showed some struggles against the pressure that he faced. Um, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I'm the idiot, John, for expecting <laughs> no. Kel Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy to come out and try to attack the 49ers secondary. Instead, it's more handoffs to Zeke um, and going nowhere long third down, so on and so forth. Yeah. I don't expect the Eagles to do that. Now, like the Eagles no. coaching staff this year has shown very much so that they go up against, you know, formidable pa uh, rush defenses. They'll pass the ball on them, so on and so forth. It's a much smarter coaching staff from a game planning perspective. You talked last week about the matchups that A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith would have against the Giants. I see very similar success in this game against the 49ers in that the 49ers just don't have two good cover corners. They have Trevarius Ward, who's been very good this year, but they have Diamador Lenoir on the other side, who has not been very good. And it feels like one of those two could have a really big game here. Man, this is like strength on strength on strength clash of the Titans. Just quickly to San Francisco, and a man, I, I just don't, I have the, the, the red and gold on, right? But I don't want to be nabbed as this Brock Purdy hater. It seems like anybody saying anything negative about him is this cause for concern where he's been excellent given the circumstances. But again, let's be very real about that offense last week. I think the 49ers team we saw last week was the mirror. Like, I think that was the truth. I think that was what they are. And it's an, a fantastic defense creativity up to turn to a 12 personal talent just everything continuity play calling everything phenomenal as good as it gets the offense though again those skill talent right at the, the five positions are turned also up to a 12 the quarterback is it's not and that's okay right i the i mean listen is this is like football analysis 101 you know how do you bother the qb is you kind of got to take him off his platform right you want to make him struggle a little bit and i think that's what the eagles are going to do top five year to date in hurries and pressure rate and then brock against pressure 30 of 64 421 but here's the thing five and one so he's just been able to bail himself out again yes he did that but the design does that and i just don't feel like it's really sustainable against the highest quality defenses that are just not as easily beaten over the middle the way some of the people that the four niners did it to so against pressure again um, Brock, 47% completion, 88 passer rating, minus 21 EPA per dropback. These are not good. Talk about unsustainable. How about 7.8% TD per attempt, 1.4% interception per attempt. He's just had more. He, listen, his interceptions have been dropped. Yeah. And if they weren't dropped, we'd be talking about something totally different. About an, uh, Still, a very good player that's still going to be the starting quarterback. I don't want to be misframed. But we're talking about this is the apex here, right? And if he didn't have the apex and the Cowboys just let themselves again, very frustrating. That's another story. We can talk about that in the offseason. But for right now, I don't think that offense is going to be greater than selling the Eagles defense, which has been excellent. I know the 49er offense with McCaffrey has been really good. But again, I don't think that they've played 
a team like the Eagles, who again, once they, you know, they went out, they were very active. We were talking about them as being one of the best teams in the league, and they went and added to, they added yep. Quinn and kind of shored up the run defense. Now, again, they're not elite against the run, but they are better than average against the run. And really, that has shown. So I think the Eagles defense is going to show out, Rob. I think the Phillies, uh, the Phillies, the Philly offense, we know it's very good when healthy. I'm not worried about Hurts anymore. And though the Niners, Defense is elite. Again, I mean elite. Number one in points per game, EPA per play, drive success rate. They've turned themselves into a pass funnel because it's the run defense that's so very good. And if it wasn't for the Titans, they would be number one quite literally across the board. Surface stats, input stats, peripheral stats, imaginary stats, like anything you could possibly think of. So the way you can get to them is, you know, through the air. Five of the last seven QBs they faced, including the playoffs, over 250 passing yards. Ten wide receivers this year have gone over 90 yards. Keep that in mind. They're also bottom 10 in 20-yard receptions since the bye. I was trying to split this, and again, Hurts kind of – that's he takes what the, what the defense gives him. The Eagles are very good at moving these pieces around. I don't, you know, so if you split this stuff, you'll see – Brown and Smith are constantly swapping left and right. Smith in and out of the slot. It's like that cup game, you know, from Times Square when I was little. So I think I'm with what we were talking about last week. Give me the Eagles receiving core as a bet itself, right? So if you have a unit, whatever your unit is, split that unit down the middle. We're going to put half on Devontae Smith. His alt receiving at plus 80 is at plus 158. We love that. And A.J. Brown is a touch higher, plus 90 yards is plus 172. So the idea being, people, if you split the risk and we hit one, minimum 58% return on investment, quite sustainable. If we hit both, which again, 90 and 80, very doable, as good as the 49er D is. Again, you might see the Eagles, which they've also done that bangle thing, Rob, like you were saying, be like the water, right? They showed us the Bruce Lee thing. They can beat you a few different ways. So it's possible the Eagles say, Miles Sanders up the A-gap, not today, you know, and they're going to go to challenge the defense deep, stretch them with A.J. Brown, and then work Smith underneath. So we could see the three-man game we've seen and hit both of these. So I think that's where I'm at is the Eagles' reception props, even though I'm not really on an over, right? So I don't want to be incongruent. I like the Eagles' reception props because I don't think there'll be anywhere to eat in the run game. But also I think the Eagles win, and it's another under on this one. Yep. Uh, this kind of correlates to one of the props I played in the game. I played Miles Sanders under 53 and a half yeah, sure. rushing yards. Yeah. Which, I mean, listen, I, I just can't see it. I mean, uh, you, you see, some coaches are just consistent with their approach of how they're going to approach games. Look at Todd Bowles, the way the Bucks played the Cowboys as well, right? And look at the Cowboys last week. Mike <laughs> Stubborn. <McCarthy. laughs> yeah, they're just going to, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, we're going to do our thing. And if we can't, then we don't deserve to win type of game right like we're gonna impose our will and the Eagles coaching staff what I think they've done a great job of this year is like no 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 we're gonna game plan this is where the team is weak and we're gonna kill them in this particular aspect of the game and they've had huge offensive performances this year because of it like obviously they have a lot of talent great offensive line great receivers Jalen Hurts is playing great but I see this as a game where I think they're going to attack the secondary I still think that that Jarrett Stidham game for the Raiders where Devontae Adams is running wild, Hunter Renfro. Like, that's kind of like the blueprint for how to beat the 49ers and how to score on them. I think you and- make a great point there because don't they? that's a very good mimic, right? They, again, we talk about spacing. That's a very strong in-and-out game. Deep threat, 
very good slot receiver. Very right. good. Remember, Hunter Renfro was like a year removed from us thinking he was good, just downright phenomenal. So the next that's a great, Cooper great Cup. People were calling him the next Cooper Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And and it wasn't just fantasy players. It was legit people in the space, you know, cornerbacks included, saying he was one of the most impossible players to cover in a small space. So I think you make a real – that's a great crossover. That's a great comp. And the Stidham model. Who would have thought? <laughs> Go figure, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, can't believe he's the quarterback that had the most success against the 49ers. But I think that's, that's you know, the way that they're going to beat them. Uh, there's a yep. couple people in the chat that did bring up some stuff. Purdy. Obviously, Steven here has noticed the, uh, the, <laughs> the amount of passes that the Seattle game in the first quarter was especially <laughs> a rough one for sure. Um, good point here by Gil. Purdy's pro football focus fumble grade, 20 points higher under pressure than the next highest quarterback. That's 85 or more dropbacks. Could be luck or he could be the best quarterback at protecting the ball. These type of like fumble grades and stuff like that tend to be a product of luck and eventually luck runs out. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, we kind of laid out whether it's luck or not. I hate to get into it, as much as I, there are numbers that are unsustainable, that if you keep going up with them, you're eventually going to hit it. And again, the TD rates, the interception rates, the turnover worthy plays compared to the extreme yak gains Everything has gone their way. Literally everything has gone the 49ers way. And again, some people would say you do, you create your own luck. They're in a lot of positions to then capitalize on it, right? So this is not like this is a bad team, Rob, backdooring in. Not the case. But man, for an oblong ball that's supposed to bounce in every direction, it seemed to only go one way. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And Gil, again, same comment from Gil. Regression might be a better word than luck, which is, right, right. yeah, it's probably a better way to look at it. All right, John, appreciate you joining me before. Man, that we was great, you know. dude. Yeah, I, anything else that you want to hit on? That And if not, nothing, but I'll, I'll give you the floor if there's anything else that stands out to you that you wanted to touch yes, on. Yes, yes, I love this. Thank you. The very last thing is be smart, okay? These lines are extremely sharp. Don't think you're better than it, smarter than it. Don't IKB it. But also, do the math. Do the quick math. Line, you know, the spread versus the money line. Today's a perfect example. Money line, I think I saw a minus 120. Right, and a two and a half spread. So yeah. when you see that, you got to automatically think that's the Eagles are two and a half point favorites, minus 120. The money line is minus 145. Yeah. So that's $25 and two and a half points. So pretty easy math. That's $10 a point. Don't pay that to cover. Take the money line. That's a, that's a, that's cheap. That's a great, in fact, the money line, right? That's what I'm trying to explain to people is the, the spread that we've all fallen in love with is a deal. It's an offer and it's not standardized. That's the whole thing is NFL betting per point is not standardized. So just do the math on these things. And because the flip side would also be true, you know, plus two and a half, 100, this is the 49er side plus plus one twenty-five. I don't see value in betting the money line in that case for $10 a point, you take the point, right? Cause in that case, you're being offered a point for $10. We want it. In the other case, they're asking if you want a point, if you want it for 10, no, 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 no. I'll decline that and take the money line because I'd rather be more in line, Rob, with what the coaches are trying to do, which is win the game because two point conversions, missed extra points, all of a sudden spreads are kind of wonky. So again, I just do the math line versus spread. And it's been very beneficial for me in NFL betting because again, you know, what's a one point spread is a tie game pretty much, right? It's an even pick. Well, this, this started for me a couple years ago when I would, it was, what's now the pizza buffet was just the Rob Pizzola periscope a couple years ago. And I started betting teams plus two and a half and people, you know, in certain situations would be like, well, why are you doing that? And so on and so forth. And it's because the game is evolving. 
teams are yeah. the, the the kick is further back. Uh, you yeah. you get way more games that land on one or two. So I think that's really good advice. Like you're right, the standard NFL bet is the point spread, and people always want to bet the spread. But there's alternatives to the spread. You yeah. don't have to bet the spread. You can look for alternate lines if that works better in your favor. You could sell points. You could take a team plus two and a half and sell them to minus two and a half if you think it's worth it. There's lots of different ways to bet it. So I think yeah. that's a very valuable piece of advice, John. Appreciate you, man. You know, to that point, buying a point in the book, usually going to cost you 30 bucks. Right. So when they're offering you 10, why wouldn't you take it? And that's that. There's, there's your answer, right? How does the book value the point? Yep. Well, ask them, shift your point and see how much they move it. I bet you they move it more than 10. Yep. So there, there's an inherent, like, it's funny, it's an inherent injustice if you if you step on the rake, but there's an inherent justice to be had, right? There's some value to be had. And it's partly why we don't hear a lot of talk on money lines. You don't hear that. The book wants you at minus 110. Keep it, just keep it balanced. No one gets, no one gets destroyed. Yep, absolutely. His name is John Legeza. You can follow Thank him you, on Twitter at John Legeza. does great work for The Athletic. You can catch Thank him you. over at Mayo Media Network as well on YouTube. Really good stuff, John. Enjoy the games, Appreciate Rob. it. Enjoy the games. Have a good yeah. weekend, man. Peace, man. It's John Legeza. Definitely check out his stuff. Uh, I love talking to the guy. Different perspective on things, certainly. I think more people would be better suited to think in that way. Um, you know, we do see Drew Dinsick, the whale capper, think like this as well. Selling points, different types of bets that can make, make you money. But it doesn't always have to be the point spread. You can look for different things altogether. Um, so on and so forth. Uh, this funny comment. Can we get a board game's power ranking? One day I will. Uh, obviously from behind me, I do play a lot of board games, lots of co-op games specifically. One day I will put out some sort of rankings. Uh, all depends on what you're looking for to each their own. Um, Joey Kanish will not join us today. He has, uh, I think he had to go to Costco with his wife or something along those lines. She was giving him a lot of grief, needed to make a Costco trip. Um, girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever. I don't know what's going on in his life, but he's at Costco right now. Uh, not going to be able to join us for the show today, uh, which is honestly for the viewership out there. I know some people would be disappointed, but you probably saved yourself some money if you were going to tail his picks today, as there's a very decent chance that the majority of the plays he was going to give out were going to lose. So did you a favor uh, by doing the Costco trip midday today, uh, but he's out. Recap of the show really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those wholesale prices, losing all them bets. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not the one, I'm not the only one that's noticing this now, you know? Hit the books was obviously carried by Brad Powers this year. We all know it, um, but so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, my turn to give us some picks. Okay, I still like the Miles Sanders unders. So the market is now, hasn't moved a whole lot, so I have no problem uh, giving this one out specifically, but just across the board, in terms of Miles Sanders rushing yardage, 50 and a half, 51 and a half range over at Betfred. I think that's just a good look. I mean, I don't think the Eagles, like even in a situation where they get out to an early lead, they're the type of team that stomps on another team's throat and continues to score. We saw this last week with the blowout against the Giants as well. Maybe I'm out to lunch here, but I feel like this is the way to attack um, in terms of this game. Also, I like George Kittle over on receiving yards, 46 and a half receiving yards. Don't love the matchup for the 49ers corners against, excuse me, wide receivers against uh, these Eagles corners who do a very, very good job tackling, tackling in open space. 
Uh, so I like George Kittle. I think he's going to get lots of targets in this game. We've seen this be the postseason for the tight ends, whether that's first touchdown score, so on and so forth. But yeah, receiving yards at Bet Fred over 45 and a half minus 120. I think that's a really solid number, honestly. I think he's going to get the vast majority of targets. And also, when you think about the fact that Brock Purdy is going to face a lot of pressure in this game, I do think that he's going to be looking to George Kittle over the middle of the field. In the Bengals-Chiefs game, I don't really want to give anything out that I'm not supremely confident in. I don't know that way this is going to play out in terms of this game overall. I've typically been betting Samaje P. Ryan overs on receiving yardage in the past. I actually like the under on his receiving yardage in this game at 16 and a half. I do think that they're going to spread it out, get the ball out quickly like they did last week against Buffalo, but that's not a huge play for me. I don't think that that's a, a big edge altogether. So um, those are the ones that stand out. In terms of rushing attempts on Sanders, if you could still get 14 and a half, absolutely. Uh, I do like that under as well. That's going to do it for me here on Forward Progress, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Once again, make sure that Betfred, uh, you check out Betfred if they are regulated in your state. Cannot advocate that enough. Thank them very much for sponsoring this content here on Forward Progress. Um, I'm back on Sunday morning for the pizza buffet. So going back to the usual time, everyone who tuned in over the course of the year, 11 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday, the usual. I will break down the two games in full, give my final thoughts on anything, bets that I would still make at that current time. I will look at props again this week as well, just like I did last week with John Legeza. So be sure to check that out. And if you haven't done so yet, like the content today, subscribe to the content. It's extremely important that you do that so we can continue producing this content for you going forwards. And you'll see stuff on the Forward Progress channel that, I mean, is pretty valuable. If you caught the Wednesday show, Joe Osborne, Eric Eager, Fabian Sommer, great breakdowns of the game altogether. Uh, we do a lot of great stuff here on Forward Progress. So make sure you subscribe. It's not intrusive in any way. You can turn off notifications on YouTube if you don't want to get them. Uh, but it's important in helping us grow our brand. Wishing everyone the best of luck. Enjoy the weekend. I'm back on Sunday here on Forward Progress, presented by Betfred here on the Hammer Betting Network. Thank you.